Hello, I am Sarah Winchester, and welcome to Awakening Your Health Potential, the podcast. I bring you awakening conversations from experts, practitioners, and thought leaders in a wide area of health, from body, mind, and spirit topics. None of these topics are meant to replace any medical advice that you've been given, and many of them do not have any scientific validation. They are there merely to expand your mind, deepen your intuition, and encourage you to take responsibility for your health and wellness journey. Now it's time to listen, learn, and enjoy. everybody to another episode of the Awakening Your Health Potential podcast and today I have the amazing Mary Burke who's located in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia and she is going to talk about the Myo Munchie which is something I, I heard about probably 2014, 2000, probably 15, something like that when I I'd set up a charity working in Tanzania with orphans and I had a Cairo go over and she, because they had so much teeth problems because they're HIV positive and on so many drugs and um, she suggested that we get some myomachis to take over and I was like, what's that? So she kind of, um, that was the first time I heard of it. And then it would have been a number of years after that, never followed up on it. I heard you speak at a seminar. can't remember which one it was. Um, and, you know, Mary, you've got a really great vibe. You've got, like, a lot of passion behind it. And so I thought it would be something that would be a really great conversation for people to listen to and learn about. So welcome today. And can you start with... Um, your qualifications and how you kind of got into this because I think it's a really interesting story for people. Absolutely. Well, it's lovely to be here, Sarah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm always happy to speak about all things Maya Munchie. So great to be here. So I'm a chiropractor, similar to yourself, and I've been in practice for almost 30 years now, long time uh, in the chiropractic space. And a lot of the time I've spent in my chiropractic work has been in paediatrics, that's a real interest for me, and looking at uh, learning and behavioural uh, aspects. That was always sort of what I was working with, and movement-based learning and behaviour. I was really interested in um, movement-based strategies for working with children with learning and behavioural issues. And my father was a dentist, and he invented this product called the Maya Munchie 50 years ago. And I, so I grew up with it for a long time. I've known about it and all the dental aspects and even the different TMJ aspects as chiropractor. Dad was really interested in working with chiropractors, looking at temporomandibular joint issues, using it. So in layman's terms, that means jaw. Jaw. So I was sort of, uh, so I, I knew a lot of that. But it was really when I started getting interested in paediatrics, I started to really look at the munchie because it's a chewable appliance. And I started to look at it from the chewing benefits. And so I've spent a lot of time over the last 10 years looking at the benefits of chewing and the profound impact it has on children's growth and development. So that's kind of been the big rabbit hole I've gone down. Uh, so it's kind of slightly off centre for a chiropractor. But with my history with the munchie, which I'll talk a little bit about because it was my dad's work, life's work, and I've picked it up now and, and brought it 
through because he died four years ago. And um, it is, it's an amazing, and people get very interested because it, it's quite a, this amazing story. So I will go there if that's okay and tell the story of, of the munchie, which is a chewable appliance. So for those who don't know what a munchie is, it looks a bit like a mouth guard, but it's soft and flexible and squidgy and it's got little prongs on it and you put it in your mouth and you chew it. And the idea is you chew it for about 10 minutes a day and it really helps. It's like oral physiotherapy for the for the jaws and face. So it's really fantastic um, and really, really relevant and important in our sedentary kind of society that we live in. So I'll talk a little bit later about the profound benefits of chewing that we're finding now even more. But how it started with my dad was... Way back in the 1960s, he found the jawbone of an Aboriginal Australian, First Nations Australian, out on Broughton Island, just off the coast of Nelson Bay. He was on a little island there on a fishing trip and he saw this jawbone and was like, wow, that is so different to the jaws of the patients in his country, Maitland. That's where he practised. The, the clinics there, his dental clinics, really poor oral health, gum tissue that was in really poor condition and teeth that were falling out. And this jawbone that he found was really dense. The bone was really dense. The teeth were firmly rooted into the bone. And he thought, wow. And then the teeth were worn down. So he looked at that and that really made him think, what is different? There's something really different. And he came to that, it was about chewing. They were chewing really hard things and chewing a lot of them. So it was keeping the bone density and keeping the teeth really um, healthy. And so he developed this little um, munchie and he developed for adults for periodontal condition. So it's really... No, originally it was for, it, for adults for periodontal conditions. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So it's great for adults for massaging the gums and, and keeping the, the bones really um, firmly dense. Like when we know that as chiropractors, you've got to keep moving to keep the bone density and keep exercising. The jaws are the same and unfortunately we don't, we don't use them like we should be. Ancestrally, we have a lot more potential in these jaws than we use them for. And so what happens is the jaw bone density starts to um, decrease as we get older and the soft tissues around that area as well, the condition. So the munchies are a great way to just keep your lips, face and jaws and gum tissue really healthy as well. So great paddles, chew a munchie 10 minutes a day, brilliant. We say chew it in the shower. It's a great way to... That's a good idea. System. Yeah. And the other great benefits of chewing from that perspective is saliva reproduction. Now, saliva is how is nature's way of cleansing the oral cavity. Well, that's how it came up with the orphans, of course. You know, it was like I, I remember speaking to this dentist who was quite local to me um, in in when I had my practice in Mossman, and I said, "What could I? What can I do for these kids? You know, like they have their teeth are terrible. They're constantly constantly sick. They're on heavy duty." Um, HIV meds and he was like they need more saliva they could chew some um, chewing gum and I'm not a great chewing gum fan but I could see how that could help with them with that specific problem and then when um when Tori brought up the the Maya Munchie I was like oh that's a great idea I didn't even know that existed it is and it's, it's an amazing thing and this is what the huge benefits of getting kids to chew the munchie is the oral hygiene benefits of it. Mm. So that's the original sort of uh, use that it was for. So it was for oral hygiene and and cleaning and cleansing and um, really good for periodontal condition and things. So then he developed. Um, just a sec, Mary. What? How would people know? Like if they're listening, how would they know if they needed to work on their oral hygiene? 
Yeah, okay. Red puffy gums that are a bit inflamed or that if you're flossing and they bleed, that's a classic sign that you've got issues with. Smelly breath. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, smelly breath. And also that uh, teeth, if, you, if your teeth, if you're getting holes in your teeth and things like that, the salivary cleansing can also just, the munchie is a great way to get into all the little cracks and crevices and moves everything around very gently as well. So it's, it's that sort of micro movement, I think, that also gets to areas that a toothbrush may not. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. but the, the gum tissue is usually the thing and that will come often with particularly mouth breathing at night. If you have yeah. a good diet and you do take good care of your teeth but you're still getting issues, it can be that you're mouth breathing at night and that's one of the classic things that will dry out and um, affect the condition of the gums and teeth. Um, yeah. So that was what the original plan was and then... Um, Dad became interested in children's health, so he looked at developing one. They developed a smaller one and they did a research at a Sarkadema University a long time ago, back in the 70s, 1970s. Wow. And they found that every child who chewed at between three and six years of age, they did a big study at the university, it cleaned their teeth as effectively as a toothbrush. So oh, wow. that makes totally sense. If, have you got one there that you can just hold up? No. Uh, I'll grab one one sec. Meanwhile, we'll just wait for Mary to come back. Yep, so, so I forget this is a um, an interview live rather than a YouTube um, than a podcast. Yeah, it's well, I mean it's both. So for people that are just listening, we have to describe it too. But for those that are watching, they can see it. See, that's like that shape, yeah. and then it's got these little prongs in there. Yeah, so it's a little bit like those master sandals. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's like and that's what it does. You want to toughen those gums up. We need, and what we would have traditionally had ancestrally was tough gums that were chewing on bones and gnawing and really working hard against a lot of sharper textures and different things. So we're sort of meant to have that. But a lot of the time now, particularly kids, it's very soft, it's very processed and they kind of tend to avoid a lot of those different textures or harder things mm-hmm. that dig into the gums yeah. and things. So, but the gum tissue is a really... Um, important thing to set up early on, um, good strong gums that hold the teeth. So with the children, what they noticed was when the children, so Dad was looking at a lot of these before and after photos of the teeth cleaning and the showing did a great job. And they also found that it did a great job with improving the lip competence. So they were also testing how strong the lips were, the muscles around that area. And they found with the chewing that children who had weaker facial muscles were getting great benefit. So that was another really big bonus uh, there as well. What he started to see was, as it went along, that the jaws started to change posture as well. Mm-hmm. So where there were crossbites or underbites or overbites in this three to six age group, they were starting to change too. So it was really a powerful concept that if you can get the, the lips, face and tongue, the, the function of the muscles working a lot better, while chewing this munchie, which has this arch form, it really helped to get that correct occlusion, as we call it, the way the jaws come together, balanced. So amazing benefits. So you get the oral hygiene, you get the lip tone and function. It also promotes the nose breathing, which in this age group, if you can set that up, it makes a huge difference. And it helped to get those jaws in a much more balanced posture. 
So, yeah, enormous benefits early on. And if you're talking like um, the, then the benefit, health benefits from those type of things as well for, for people that are, you know, not not chiropractors and not thinking kind of further than that, I mean, you know, headaches, immune system, um, what else? Help me out. <laughs> from the benefits kids kids and speech oh totally yes. yes poor sleep um, all of that poor sleep. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. and then breathing issues if the breathing issues are not there it's ear nose and throat tonsillitis yeah. Ears. Um, yeah. sleep apnea then it's if it's that it's fatigue poor growth patterns cramps you know it goes on and on and on and on in, in terms of like that jaw not working properly yeah, it's a really, really foundational piece in human function mm. and that's what I'm super excited about because for me, so the, that's the history of it that I was talking about and um, with the children, so the, from the oral health perspective, amazing and that's great. And so Deb was doing a lot of work with that and also working what we call orthopedically, which is working with more of that, getting that ideal jaw function and balance and something that he was really passionate about and that as chiropractors we are really um, aware of is this idea of optimising growth and function as opposed to that idea of, oh, creating straight teeth, let's pull some teeth out, let's put some bands on to make this perfect smile. Now, you and I know after using practice we've seen so many patients with chronic neck and head and jaw face pain that are post-ortho and you're just going, oh, and it's this is a really, really big deal because it's not just that pain cycle, but all that other stuff you just talked about. There are often yeah. the people who've got sleep disturbance, chronic health issues across the board. And then how many people from, you know, those, you know, pull out the four, you know, braces to make it all straight. I've had patients that have then gone and broken their jaw when they're adults to then get the alignment right because the whole growth has just been messed up by, do by doing that. So fortunately I don't find as many dentists are doing that these days yeah. which is good like they tend to be more expanding and then trying to straighten correcting afterwards which is so much better but oh my goodness the, the mess people have made like yes without that realization of of how it all connects with everything else yes and so the more we can work in that early developmental space under six in the primary dentition the much better outcome we can get because we might not get perfect straight teeth in that first six years but if we can get the better balance then when they if they want to get straight teeth at least their system is ready for it because yeah. what happens is when you take a child who's got a crossbite or other big occlusal issues um that's a really quite a big deal on the whole body when they start to try and change that because mm. they have to force it to do it mm. so it's um a really powerful little tool if we can get children using it and again, it's much more in a preventative space rather than, okay, this has all happened, now we've got to fix the problems down the track. It's like you, the way you can kind of, which is what chiropractic is really all about, isn't it? It's like what can we do early on if we're looking down the track, how is this going to influence this and, and kind of prevent that by getting the teeth and the jaw and the gums all working better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And really I think helping parents understand that foundational piece and how relevant it is to everything else. Mm. So it's not just about making sure they've got a perfect smile. It's, whoa, it's way bigger than that. And it's, um, so my big thing now is that now that I've taken on 
looking after the munchie, the, the legacy. I've got the privilege of bringing this legacy work, my dad's work, 50 years of his amazing life's work, of all the benefits he found, into this next generation uh, and that realisation too of, of the profoundness of that early oral development. And starting to talk about the oral milestones because oh, yeah, there's yeah. oral milestones that we have almost disconnected from. And when they don't connect in there, we know how important body movement milestones are. And that's something that I have done a lot of work on and been really interested in that early 12 months of a child's life and the, the rolling, crawling, you know, kind of crawling, all those pieces and how they all fit together and how that all drives a lot of the brain function coordination of the two sides of the hemispheres and postural function, cerebellar, all that sort of stuff. I'm now looking at it through that lens of the oral milestones. Oh, wow. Because we have oral posture. We have an ideal oral posture that works in beautifully with the body posture when they both work together. Well, let me tell you a story about that. Probably like a good 15 years ago I had a lady come in and she'd lived in Hollywood for a long time. She was probably in her early late 50s, early 60s, something like that, and she had developed a terrible scoliosis all of a sudden because, and she said this, she said it was a soon, she, she wanted, she didn't like her, the length of her teeth in the smile, so she had her gums shortened to make her, I think it was that way, either she felt too horsey or they weren't long enough, I can't remember which way, but she had her gum length changed and she said her whole face, went into a big torsion and her body followed and she was forever trying to fix it after that. Like that's how, I mean, the proprioception in terms of your teeth and your jaw, which is basically the constant information going into the brain about where you are in space and what your body's doing in space, got so mucked up with her from that. That's amazing. It's it's amazing. Like, but to see it was like, and but why you would even do that in the first place, I don't know. (laughs) When you start messing with that, it will have a big effect. It does. And so what's happening, because I think you you just said that then, that amazing proprioceptive information, that lower third of the face has so much brain information coming into it. So each of those teeth is a little biofeedback loop that's sending all this really fine-tuned, amazing neurosensory feedback back. So what's happening with babies now is you've got that first eruption of the teeth and then the top ones come in and the bottom ones, and they start tapping together. Now, mm. that's how the brain works and out. They often do that as well, right? They do. And that's them getting the feedback loop, and so the brain's getting the awareness in that 3D spatial. Like, it's amazing, the whole concept of landing the perfect occlusion. When it's out in 3D space, that child's, it's that oral space. Trying to work it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's happening is they're sucking on dummies. And when they're sucking on a dummy, they're totally stuffing up that feedback loop and they're interfering. Of course, because they don't actually touch their teeth. Yeah. So we've got a huge problem on our hands here because these children, this is what's happened. In 20 years, that's shifted so phenomenally how much time, the time and frequency of use that has the impacts with dummies or pacifiers, whatever they're called, and how long it's in there for. And the, and the dimensions and the growth that's occurring in the oral space, and this is part of this oral milestones, it's really important to know what should be occurring and to get that thing out of the road to allow it to occur, to occur because that's what I think is really, really happening. I haven't got all... I've done, we've done all the literature review on the impacts of pacifiers and we've published that and put together safe guidelines for safer pacifier use so that we can share it with our patients about 
things to be aware of because from 18 months we know it will have impacts on ear drainage, sinus, um, occlusion, all of that stuff. As in if you're going to use a pacifier, by 18 months you really have to be started getting rid of it or gotten rid of it or what's the what's your I would say gotten rid of it by 18 months but yeah. by six months you need to start understanding the impact it's it's no longer neurologically appropriate yeah it starts to have impacts so if you're going to use it you need to use it when you need to use it not for fun yeah if you just have it in the child's mouth it's going to affect the way the oral space can grow and function which it then again affects brain development affects your jaw. Yeah. Your neck, your posture, your proprioception. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really quite an amazing, uh, so that's what I'm really starting to connect is those. Yeah, right. And how important that, particularly that, like that suck, swallow, breathe mechanism. So if you work, you know, we're working with babies and that's what we're sort of looking at to make sure they can breastfeed, to be able to do that, that coordination of the, uh, all the cranial nerves to get that action. And then the next piece is the chew, swallow, breathe. And what's interesting, I'm really starting to see that now, these children who, ah, they can't chew with their mouth closed, they can't mm. chew and swallow and breathe, they can't coordinate oh, yeah. because that's the next piece on from suck, swallow, breathe. And Actually, there's a, there's an interesting test we can do on ourselves, isn't there, with this? Is it like, what is it again? You, you like close your mouth, put your tongue somewhere and swallow? Yes, tongue on the roof of the mouth. And you should be able to swallow. Yeah. So if everyone does that, close their mouth, put the tongue up on the root and you should be able to swallow. Yeah, I remember doing that with you at some point. And what you're looking for, that's right, is to be able to take a glass of water and without your lips, not using your lips to swallow. A lot of people have got this swallow mechanism where they use the whole body. Oh, yeah. They have to, it's a whole body movement to swallow. It should just be the tongue. Yeah. The back of the throat there working. And that's when it does work like that, the tongue pushes up on the roof of the mouth drains the sinuses, pulls on the eustachian tubes, opens the ears. The whole thing works beautifully. Yeah, wow, amazing. <laughs> on that on that note, I also I had a client a few years ago who, really sweet little girl but not putting on enough weight. Like she was getting quite skinny, growth milestones weren't, weren't getting there. She was getting fussier and fussier and fussier and eating less and less and less to the point where her... Um, her mother wasn't sure if it was like a psychological thing or a mechanical thing or what it was. It, I think it was probably a combination and from memory. But I just remember like, you know, when I, when I first saw her, she literally would, could only use a teaspoon and could only have like half a teaspoon's worth of things, something soft on the teaspoon and eat it like that. And by the time I'd finished with her, we were up to like half a tablespoon but, you know, I put, I put her onto that Maya Munchie because she had just no strength. She yes. had no strength to actually open her mouth, close her lips, chew on her food and swallow. Like so the, the, her body was growing or trying to grow, but there was so much weakness through there. So, yeah, um, yeah it was quite, quite phenomenal how bad that had gotten for her. And I think she was about seven or seven or eight by that stage. Yeah, and this is why if I if we can do more understanding and promote more understanding around oral milestones, people can pick it up earlier. Yes. There's loads you can do. Yeah. By the age of two years, they should have pretty much the apparatus, lower third of the face, to be able to chew anything, to do all that work with the jaws. They should be speaking, they should be nose breathing, they should have the correct swallow pattern. It that all should be in place. So I think really starting to 
be aware of that because if they haven't, then it's going to start cascading that they'll have. Yeah, it's the cascade that happens. It kind of, yeah, that's the word. It kind of, it, it's like a snowball that gets bigger. The effect gets bigger as you well, get and up. Yeah, and, and, it'll, and it'll start being very obvious in symptoms like the fussy mm-hmm. eating and the, um, the speech issues, the ears, like all those things will start to be apparent. Yeah. Um, whereas they might not have been apparent in that first two years because there wasn't too much expectation around what should be happening. Yes, so I sort of yeah, it's true because people don't really know. And no. so, yeah, it's like once it starts getting bad, then people go, oh, there's something that's happening, but I don't even know where to start with it. I don't know, you know, who to go to or where to start. Yeah, so it's so that's my ultimate aim is education for parents around the importance of chewing as a milestone. Yeah, and when it's age appropriate, you've got to bring it in, and and because that lower third of the face, we do so much with it. There's so much expectation around what we should be able to achieve with it, and if there's none of that tone, like you found with that little girl missing all that tone, it requires a lot of good tone and coordination and function to do all those things. Mm. Because um, it, and, and any child who's got any of the, um, you know, the um, oh, what's the word? They're not able to sort of almost thinking dyspraxia or something, but just that motor planning, that ability, disorganisation. If there's any disorganisation of that messaging for them, then that can really affect. And there's that child at seven and it's just all compounded to the point where there's a really big problem. Yeah. But that would have been a problem that we could have identified at two. Yeah. If we knew what those milestones looked at like. Yeah. Mm. So are those milestones um, clear yet? Like can you summarise them or you're just still you're still working on it well I'm sort of working on it but the, the biggest one is chewing at sort of five to six months that's when that's when they're ready to chew so okay. similar so to what, what sort of things should they be chewing like uh, part of foods and or no, toys oh toys okay yeah so it's oh, about, no, yeah 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 so making sure from about four months they've got this opportunity to learn discriminative mouthing yeah so having things they stick right in their mouth their hands go in the fists yeah. the and fist. that's how they start to really define their oral space and then having things that they can get in there and then when they start to eat, making sure they have opportunities of that baby led weaning idea that they're putting things in there and they're setting off that gag and they're activating and they're getting their neurology working and tuned. There's a lot of a big movement with um, kids and handheld foods these days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I never, honestly, I never got into it strictly you know some people are like they have to be able to hold everything and 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 but I always found it really hard to actually know what they've eaten and not and what they haven't eaten and they've just made such a mess that I don't actually know how much they got into them (laughs) so I kind of always had a principle that I would kind of you know do mushy food that that I was in control of and and feeding them so I knew how much they got as well as some extra bits as they're learning yeah Perfect. That's how I can't, I don't know if that's right. No, I think it is the, the right thing because the other thing they need is they need the textures. They need to be able to manage smooth, lumpy. Okay, okay uh, right, yeah. Um, big textures, they're all really important. And so I think, yes, mothers want to know that they've got a bit in. That's important. That is important. We need to know what they have got in. But it's also important they're getting this opportunity for this discriminative mouthing mm. and getting that, that tongue. The tongue has six different muscles that make up the tongue and thinking about all the different things it should be able to do it should be able to twist and turn and push out the front and isolate the tongue tip and mash and you know child should be able to keep the food by the time they're 18 months two years they should be able to keep that food in their mouth and manage it 
round their mouth with their tongue. It's quite um, amazing that ability to do all those different pieces as they go along. Mm. So, and that's one of the bigger things too with like um, even people who are nutritionally aware are quite often giving them smoothies with lots of good uh, nutrition but there's no chewing involved. Um, so if you are going to, this is where the munchies great. Okay, we know that they're at least getting 10 minutes of chewing a day. Yeah, yeah. Which I'll do is the chewing stimulation while you're doing the other good nutritional things. Because the reality is we're not going to go back to chewing for five hours a day. That's not what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, the other the other place that I've used the munchie in my family, um, uh, one of my stepchildren was a thumb sucker. And so we, how old was he? He was four. He was still sucking his thumb. That's kind of when he came into my life. And um, so we were, you know, me and his dad were thinking, okay, when are we going to start to just to talk to him about not sucking his thumb? He'd been quite traumatised, so we weren't doing it too fast. But I said, look, I, you know, I, I, we need, I need to be able to work on those retain neonatal reflexes first and then we'll kind of intervene with my munchie. And, and so it worked so easily I was so surprised so I, I mean I've worked on the, the some of the mouthing re, the reflexes and then I asked him if he was ready to stop sucking his thumb and he said he said he was and that's and I had him and I had a munchie ready for him and oh my god the saliva like he had no lip strength no lip strength like it just couldn't like keep the lips together the saliva would literally just be like pouring out and initially it was just holding it just holding it not chewing on it just holding it was really really hard for I don't even know if it was 30 seconds a minute yeah and um he'd want to keep taking it out and I'm like no keep it in I'll tell you when to take it out but you know we duct taped his thumb because he said he was ready to do it the first day he ripped it off and was sucking the second day I asked him if he wanted to do it again he said yeah I'll have another try so we duct taped it again and he left it on that day till the end of the day. And I think he did a, a little bit of this. You know, I said, if you feel like putting something in your mouth, put this in because he put everything in his mouth still. And um, by the third day, he just wasn't sucking his thumb. It was really amazing. But I've, 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 I've recommended it with people that are still sucking thumbs quite old. Yeah. You know, that they can, if they feel like doing it and you can, like, tell them that, they know they should stop, but they just don't want to give it up. It's yeah. like, oh, how about you use a, when you feel like it, you could you put this in your mouth and have a play with it in your mouth and you still have something in your mouth and it's really good for you rather than your thumb not being so good for you. So I think people find it quite help, um, quite helpful in those and situations uh, as well. And that you brought up a really great um, thing there because the, what that combination that was really powerful was you looked at the neonatal reflexes, you looked at what was driving that system. Yeah. And then, okay, help the neurology start to work better, then took away the thumb and bring something else in. And so also just checking he wanted to as well. Absolutely. Again, he'd been, he'd been quite traumatised. Yeah. So and it was like... Why they suck, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been his comfort. I wasn't going to, you know, force him at that stage. But he kind of wanted to be a big boy as well. So, you know, that that worked quite well. But I have had kids that are like, nope, definitely don't want to give it up. Yeah. And so, you know, then I talk to parents about, well, using, you know, a bit of reverse psychology, a bit of like, well, you know, you're four now. And four-year-olds can still suck their thumb, but when you're five, five-year-olds just don't suck their thumb. So, you know, getting in some 
some programming in there that can be that can be helpful as, as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really important for parents to understand is that there is a reason why they're sucking. Yeah, um, it's complex. To um, meet a need, and we've got to try and figure out what is the need. And sometimes and it's, it's to control like, their parents as well because their parents. <laughs> that's well, that's that yeah. <laughs> And the other great thing about a munchie is that it's the action of chewing is neurocarmative. So it's oh, actually yeah. a really great way for them to get some endorphins and some positive besides the sucking. Is that why we clench our teeth then? It's part of it. It's part of it. So there's different, um, there's a great paper, there's a great paper written by Leecher Pasquet on biting, bruxing, chewing, and all the research around that. And yet, yeah, definitely. That's one of the things that we're doing with the the bruxing and it's normal. It's quite normal to have moments of it. It's when you get stuck in that cycle. It's a big Yeah, and it's usually when people are stressed or they've got some unconscious stress patterns that are happening. And so it's actually neurologically calming. I didn't actually realise that. Chewing. The action of chewing is when you're not when you've got something in there that's chewable. Chewing is very different to bruxing. So But is that why they do it in the first place? Because they're trying to calm their nervous system? Not necessarily. It can hold the nervous system. It's a great way, like that's why when you're often trying to strength, like it'll give you strength. Yeah. In a good balanced bite yeah. will yeah. give the whole system strength. Um, no, not necessarily. You might temporarily do it, but you wouldn't do it to neurobruxing. I know you wouldn't do it, but I was just thinking is that part of the neurology as to why people do actually clench their teeth like when they're sleeping at night? No, no, no. That's they talk about that nighttime bruxing being an airway opening thing. That sort of oh, uh, activating right. and stimulating the um, the neurology to activate the breathing. Yeah, and trying to drain as well. I would imagine because it's yeah, different things from that perspective. Okay. There's weakness around there. That's a bigger, slightly bigger picture. But we're trying to sort of uh, yeah have the, all those conversations so people can hopefully work out from even this conversation we're having. Yeah, they've got a child that's thinking, oh yeah, my child grinds at night. Oh, what's going on there? Um, Yes, trying to uncover and unravel what that's about. And sometimes it can be because there's a lot of this imbalance in the jaws and things too, like you are saying with the thumb sucking. Sometimes they're trying to stimulate the balance that should be there because the tongue should ideally sit on the roof of the mouth mm. and stimulate the endorphins and the pituitary and the, you know, to release and stuff. So it's kind of they're trying to create that. But the munchie can be a good way of, of helping them stimulate their own ability to do that with you know chewing we've been given this physiological movement that was really helpful for us but we just don't do it enough mm. to get the benefits which is interesting yeah. and it's kind of like um, I often talk about to people about upgrading your habits so it's like you know if you're a adult say because we've talked a lot about kids so if you're a kid and you're a thumb sucker or or a, you put everything in your mouth or um, you're an adult and you smoke or you put food in your mouth and it's part of that kind of rooting, that rooting reflex that might be still a bit activated and um, when people go to food and stuff, by actually putting something in your mouth like a Mayo Munchie, you're, you're still, it's still that pattern but you're actually doing something, you're replacing it with something that's really good for you mm. instead of something that's really bad for you. So you're just upgrading that habit. You still need to deal with the reason yeah. why you need to do that, but it's a really good kind of habit replacer and upgrader while you're, while you're working on the other stuff. Yeah, a bit of a circuit breaker too, yeah. Yeah, interesting. There was someone last year who was doing some work with um, self-harming teenagers. Oh, and yeah. 
<coughs> she gave uh, a couple of them a munchie to try and that was profound. Wow. It was, it was a tool they were able to use to help self-regulate. Oh, wow, that's amazing. It is. So chewing and there's some really interesting research out there on those sort of benefits of chewing on that neurological, huge neurological benefits of it. And so the calming, the calming aspect would really come up with that too. Mm, mm. Wow, that's quite fascinating. So that ability to self-regulate and yes. that, that suck, swallow, breathe that we talked about before, it's that foundational piece. If you can get, we've been given this opportunity, well, when the physiology works well, every time you suck, swallow, nose, breathe, or when you swallow with a correct swallow pattern, tongue on the roof of the mouth, activating back here, nose breathing, you're tapping the vagus. It's those ways of getting that vagal activity yeah. working mm. and it's this ability to keep your self-regulation managed. So when we haven't got that working, which is a lot of people a lot of the time, it's very easy to wind up into a situation where your nervous system's in that sympathetic response and you can't bring it down. Yeah, so no. people with anxiety, you know, and that word is thrown around us so much these days. You know, so many people say, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. You know, something like a Maya Munchie would be so easy to use and, again, helpful for that but then so beneficial in other ways as well. Yeah. It's kind of got multiple levels of, of benefits. That's really fascinating. Yeah. It is, because, and that's what's, um, I think, super exciting and powerful, that it's it's a, a little piece of connection. This thing on its yeah. own can't do amazing things, but your physiology, your body's ability to, to self-regulate, and if you can just tap back to that, it's a great way to tap back to that. When you've got it in there, you can't breathe through your mouth, <laughs> so you have yeah. to work out how to breathe through your nose. So it's a great reinforcement of that. If you can have a munchie in your mouth for 10 or 15 minutes at a time, it's it's helping you reprogram. To swallow with a munchie in your mouth, you can't tongue thrust swallow. You have to use the back part of the, the throat and the um, tongue. You have to lift the tongue. So it really reinforces those two really important um, aspects and then the chewing. Then you do some chewing and you get the oral benefits as well of teeth of cleaning and cleansing. So, yeah, amazing little device. So we call it a small device with big impacts because it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And what, so what about, you know, adults with um, or children with sleep apnea? Does it, does it help with sleep apnea even though, I mean, do you ever recommend it for night? Yeah, well, look, it's, um, it's really about looking at what's driving that and yeah. making sure that, so certainly with children, sleep apnea is not something I deal with necessarily, but kids who snore, Brachs grind disturbed. I work with that kind of thing with a munchie for sure, because that can to lock sleep them. with or to or during the day. A lot of the time, it's just during the day to yeah. improve the tone and function of the lips and face. Yeah, of course, and, and that and has the effects. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes then parents, we will get them to sleep in it for a period of time as well. But most of the time, you'll start to see that change in the under fives. You start to see the change just by allowing the activity of getting the everything working and getting that. Um, a lot of the time you've got this real stagnation of the lymph. So you've got big tonsils that are kind of just sitting there, not draining. So if you can get that back part of the tongue working, get that activity of the pharyngeal walls, you can start to get the tone around the tonsils so they can start to get more um, airway. The back, the tongue being flaccid is another real piece of why they'll get that airway disturbance as well because the tongue's a muscle. Mm. And if, it's, if it's not well toned, it'll look like a big flaccid tongue sitting in the back of the throat but you can yeah. tone it up so it's working with that kind of thing Actually, that's, that's the other person I've used it on is a, a girl I think she was probably about three and she just had she looked like she had a really enlarged tongue but it wasn't pathological at all she would it would just like yeah sit out of her mouth 
nothing pathological. Um, and, you know, again, worked on her reflexes and got her to get a munchie. Just working on the reflexes helped set it back a little bit, but because it was so used to being forward, the munchie then just took care. And then the speech improved really quickly and because then they have more control of this tongue instead of it just kind of sitting sitting there and it was like a big thing to, that hung out of her mouth that um, she could actually use it and be more in control of it. Yeah, so it's it, that's fantastic. That's exactly the sort of thing. I love the way you're marrying those two together and I think for chiropractors it's a really great tool because yeah, we can work on those neonatal reflexes and help get that neurology working better and then we've got a way to positively influence through the oral aspect to allow that system to reconnect. Mm. Great combination. Yeah. So what are, going back to adults with sleep apnea, would you would they sleep with it in their mouth or or snorers for example not if it's snorers. it can be really good for snorers or grinders and things like that yeah. i generally get my patients to use it to passively during the day quite often if a tmj yeah. person i'll just get them to use it to reprogram basically they're trying to help ease look these people have got both snoring um sleep apnea i generally don't Sleep, sleep apnea is kind of a medical condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I sort of, you know, stay on the side of. But um, anyone who's got this disturbance and they know their mouth breathing at night yeah. and they're snoring, we can definitely work with that by if they put the munchie in their mouth and they rest their jaws in it, it'll really help stretch a lot of those muscles under here, mm. help tone a lot of that, and with the same patterning of the swallow and training the nose breathing. Mm. So if they can do that during the day for sort of half-hour periods, a couple of times during the day when they're just at home doing whatever, then they can look towards trying to train themselves to sleep in it at night. And it, my husband sleeps in one every night, <laughs> has done for a couple of years. Just loves I would sleep. imagine that would be, like, really impactful. Yeah, and it can you be. Have to, you have to then do the right breathing pattern. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it can be really, really helpful for just keeping those jaws forward and the lips together and the nose breathing and the tongue doing the right thing. So mm. it can be really great from that perspective. Over time, if you do sleep in the long term, you will, you can tend to shift the jaws slightly. So I tend to not do it long term. I just do okay. it for short periods of time of, say, six weeks. So getting into create a change and then you're looking for the patient to be able to hold the change yeah but great for that really great for that and then it can you know certainly certain people can and do wear it for years on end yeah great hmm. is there anything else that you think people should know okay we've come a lot <laughs> we are i'm leading the chewing revolution and joining the dots between you know chewing breathing sleeping and health and really mm. understanding how important those pieces are. Mouth breathing um, is a really chronic health condition. So if you're a mouth breather and you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. the munchie is a great tool for you to help retrain and educate, re-educate yourself to be getting that nose working. And if you've got children and you can see that they're mouth breathing, that's probably the key take home. Mm. That's not the way we should be functioning. Our nose is our breathing apparatus. And it's really important that we do because it's, so important for our ideal optimal functioning so it's one of those things in an under five a child under five get that system balanced and get that nose breathing working figure out what's underneath that why aren't they breathing through their nose because something must have happened early on to set that up mm. whether it was chronic sinus congestion or not being able to breastfeed or 
tongue dysfunction. There's lots of different pieces that can set it up. Yeah. But understanding it's uh, not what we're looking for. Mm. Amazing. Well, how can people find you, Mary, and find the Maya Munchie? And you can just order them online, right? So if you yeah, want to absolutely. talk to people about that. Yeah. So just uh, we'll go to our website at www.myomunchie, M-Y-O-Munchie, double with a double A, munchie with a double A.com. And just have a trawl around, have a look at the website, have a look at the few video, a few of the videos on there and you'll get more of a sense of uh, what it looks like, what it's about. But it's a great little tool to just have there and I have, we have families that they all buy one and it's yeah. a great way to do that. If you want your kids to chew, they actually love to see you chew. Yeah. It's a great thing to do together and for all those oral benefits across the board. Mm-hmm. We're doing research at the moment with Newcastle University looking at the benefits in aged care as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was actually definitely for little kids but I'm thinking, you know, as people age and they they stop chewing as much yeah. and then they they're snoring and they're not breathing properly and their blood pressure's going up and their heart rate's going up. And like in terms of like that general health picture, this is like so easy for them to implement. It is. And the great thing is Dad did the research on that as well. So he was still using Munchie at 91 (laughs) and, you know, profound really. So we've we've got all the research that he did over all the years and all the benefits for all the ages and it's is that is that easy for people to find online the research if they're interested. Uh, there's some research papers in our um on the website on yeah. oral physiotherapy and then all the malocclusions in the um primary dentition and things papers that he um had published way back then and then we're doing we're going to be publishing re- new research which is exciting um over the next year or two we'll be bringing in official research as well. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Are you, on, are you on social media as well? Oh, we are. Munchie on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have a practitioner page for people like yourself, Sarah, on the on Facebook. Where Is we it share Mary Burke stuff. or Mary Burke Chiropractor? Yeah, or? Munchie practitioners. Oh, Munchie practitioners. Oh, oh four practitioners. Four oh, practitioners. okay, right. Oh, yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Well, Mary, thank you so much for all that information and I'm sure that that's helpful for people and just putting it into context of like the relevance of it because if people don't have like any context, like they may not even be thinking how that could possibly help them. And like you said, it is such a simple thing and takes a really small amount of time to have quite a big impact on so many different health conditions. So mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. And what's amazing is silicon, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's just made out of silicon, and it, it's like it, when it when you actually fill it in there, it it's makes your lips and your muscles work, and it feels like a massage at the same time. Mm. Like yeah, it, yeah. it's quite comfortable. So yeah, yeah absolutely. You, once you get used to it, like those masseur sandals. Yes, it's like the masseur. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Sarah. Great to see you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Mary. Bye bye. If you loved or learnt something in this episode, share it and don't forget to subscribe. I look forward to bringing you next week's Awakening Conversation. Have a wonderful week.